French fries. No, it's poutine. French fries are part of poutine. I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello there, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the podcast dedicated to plant-based cookbooks and the authors who wrote those cookbooks. I'm your host, Dustin Harder, and he's simply the best, better than all the rest. I'm here with my husband and producer of the podcast, Mr. Rossetti. How you doing, Rosie? I am doing good. Simply Uh-oh. the best. <clears throat> That's all we got. That's all we got for rights. Yeah, but you or we'll knew get I was going to squeeze I know you out. were. I know you were. How are I am great. How are you, babe? How are you? Um, I'm wonderful. Here we are. It was a Here beautiful, sunshiny today. Today, a sunshiny today. Um, I'm great. I, I, uh, we've had a great week. A beautiful day today. Lots of sun out. I went for a little run after I got out of work. It was lovely. And our Friday, we have our day off, which is Friday. Ooh, what did we do on Friday? We had a lovely day. The weather was gorgeous, and we uh, did some uh. Uh, silks, mm-hmm. like some Cirque training with kind of a, a local place here called Acrosphere, mm-hmm. which is run by um, one of my best friends. Shout out, uh, shout out. Shout out to Acrosphere, Jen McQueen. Jen McQueen, Mama Jen um, McQueen. Has love kind her, of love started her. something really cool here for people interested in like Cirque arts. And they've got Lyra, which is like the big ring. They've got trapeze. They've got... She does sear wheel. She specializes in sear wheel, which is kind of like the big wheel that people like spin in. And Listen, like, honey. And silks, you know, are a popular one. It's crazy. If just David's saying silks, you're not understanding what that is. If you think of pink and the stuff that she's been doing for the last like decade now, swinging from ropes and silks, silks, uh, if you go to the circus. Pretty much anything them. that hangs in the air. Cirque du Soleil. Someone has hung from in some way. Mm-hmm. But it was really cool. We both did it. I was stronger than I thought I was. And I was, um, I, I, it was fun. I like yeah, popped myself was exhausting. up on the silks a couple times. And he then, did. What's the wheel you said? What's the name of that? That sear wheel. So sear wheel. C Y R. I don't know how to describe wheel. it. That's where you're in the wheel, everyone, and you just you're spinning around, and I, I don't know how to describe it. It's kind of crazy. Like when you watch it's it, crazy. Yeah, it's it, it's kind of uh, fascinating, but um. But yeah, yeah, so it was so a great, was a cool, beautiful day. We we, it was closed down. We had the whole place to ourselves. So to COVID ourself. safe. COVID, COVID safe. safe. Uh, so that was really lovely. Had a great day. And right now we're eating poutine. <gasps> poutine. Uh, from Candace Hutchings' book. She's on the podcast Woo-hoo! today of the Edgy Veg. Edgy so, Veg. Uh, I just, I, it's the poutine from her book. And we talk about it later in the interview. Um, you know, a, a famous Canadian delicacy of French fries, cheese, and gravy. And it is delicious. I and mean, like, uh, what, what three things? Couldn't be oh, delicious with those three. I remember three, I used to you know? love fries and gravy, and I also love fries and cheese. So you put these together, and what to do? Touring was the first time I was ever introduced. To I was like, actually going to ask was. you if you had had it before. Yes. <clears throat> Someone was like, "Oh, we got to go get poutine." It was like the first time, kind of dipping into Canada on my on that national tour of fame, and I was like, "What is that?" Y'all heard it right. I just put a fry in my mouth. First of all, second of all, David was on a national tour of fame. Fame. Younger! And that's all the rights we have. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, yeah. So it was crazy. I, was I like, can't remember 
if I I can't I'm, remember I where in I Canada, but I know I've had it there. I know I've had it there. I've been in Canada so much in my. I feel past like it was life. on waffle fries. Is that like a thing? I'm sure for them. Is. I was going to do it on tater tots tonight, but I decided to get a little classical sure. with it, traditional with it. Um, but listen, I got to tell you, I'm so excited about Candace because I've been a fan of the Edgy Veg her YouTube channel for so 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 long, and um, she's just so cool, y'all. She's, she's so just cute. one of those. She's gorgeous and stunning in all the ways. She's super smart. She's super talented. And then she's also just like a babe to throw it all all into the mix there. She's just gorgeous. Um, Gorge. So, David, I'm giving you the book right now. Let's do a little flip through for the listeners. Give them a little taste of what's in this book. Flip number one. Nope. Ooh. It's a photo picture of a pizza. A pizza. It looks delicious, too. Which so... Oh, I just flipped to Why So Syrian Chicken and Rice. You would love this book, baby, because it's got... um, Why So Syrian? Yeah. Like, Why So Serious? That's cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Which is why you would love this book. Plays on words. It's all about puns and dad jokes. All right. Ooh, Naked Burrito. Mm -hmm. That looks super tasty. She's talking about you, Chipotle. She's looking at you. This looks better than Chipotle ever could dream of. Oh, she's got a couple of staples. Uh, so a hell no egg-free mayo and burrito-worthy sour yep, cream. Yeah, a whole staples chapter, and then it's got all that good stuff to it. Flip towards the back, towards the main, oh, so okay. you can get like a tasty main in there. The faux-rito. Oh, so another kind of like play fa- on the burrito. Nice. Yeah. Or sorry, fa-rito, technically. Hey, listen, it's the taking o me The O always throws me off. Me like, what is that about? Uh, it's an O. Yeah, totally. But no, but yeah, 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 yeah. the faux-rito. So what so is that? Good. Is that like faux meat? Uh, street food style Thai basil beef. Listen, this just has so many delicious things in it. I make, there's a fondue that I've made in here for us several many times that I love. It's ooey gooey, delicious and cheesy. It's so, so good. And she's got, you know, just lots. Oh, you just turned to it right there. Easy, cheesy, fondue. fondue. So many great things. She is just a master when it comes to recipes on her YouTube channel. There is, I think I first saw her. She was doing a crunch wrap taco Supreme. She's really into recreating all sorts of foods like that, that we know and that we love. Candace Hutchings is founder, creator, chef, and resident mad food scientist behind the Edgy Veg, a YouTube sensation with over 420,000 subscribers Ooh. and counting. Edgy by nature, Candace uses her YouTube channel and Instagram pages to disrupt the vegan community with her candid and humorous take on activism, not only for animals and food built differently, but also mental health, the environment, and female empowerment. If you love food porn, which who doesn't, uh, tune into the Edgy Veg YouTube channel every Tuesday and Thursday for brand new episodes where Candace teaches her viewers how to make their lives more compassionate using the power of culinary expression. In her fantastic book, The Edgy Veggie... The Edgy Veg 138 Carnivore Approved Vegan Recipes, Candace strays away from salads and smoothies and instead chooses to repurpose familiar favorites by recreating childhood cravings for an audience with sophisticated palates and food nerd obsessions. Decadent desserts, trendy dishes, and fast food favorites. Nothing is off limits and everything is vegan. Every recipe can be enjoyed by vegans, vegetarians, and omnivores alike. After all... They're carnivore approved. Here she is to tell us all about it. It's Candace Hutchings. The queen of carnivore approved vegan recipes. She's living on the veg. It's Candace Hutchings of the Edgy Veg. How are you, dear? I am very good. How are you? 
I'm doing great. And I hear we've got some lovely puppies behind you there making their uh, debut on the podcast. Yes, it's funny. We I just kind of warned you and they were fine. And then as soon as I warned you that they that they could bark from time to time, they all three of them went nuts. So they were like, let's show him what we can do. Let's give him some vocals right now. They're like, we're here. I just want you to know that we're also here. Well, so dear listeners, we may be hearing from uh, Candace's pups today. What are their names? So we have Harley Quinn and uh, Sir Winston Churchill. And then our newest little guy, his name is Kevin. We also call him Special K because he is both deaf and blind. Oh, so you have four? No, three. Harley, oh, was three. Harley Quinn is, is one name. Oh, there we <laughs> So silly me. There we go. Yes. Okay. Yes. Oh my gosh. So sweet. Special K. Well, yes. thank you for taking the time to chat today. I know you're swamped with the Edgy Veg Empire, so I'm honored to have you on the podcast and we'll get right down to it and get to know you a bit with an icebreaker question. Okay. What would the title of your autobiography be and why? So, yes, I got this. And um, it took me a little bit of thinking, but I think it might be because it's it's hard to name your own autobiography. But sure. um, I'm kind of thinking like lead with a fork because that's what I always tell people is my activism is leading with a fork oh, and, and teaching through food, using food as like a vehicle to teach people important topics and issues. So I think that might be it. That's very good. I love it. Mine is, I, I had two different ones. I've had these ones. I don't know why I've thought about this so much. Perhaps I'm like, oh, I'm going to write this. But mine is either I danced with Muppets because I toured with Sesame Street Live once upon a time. That's incredible. Or, uh, th- th- why, thank you. My my past musical theater career catching up with me. Um, or, and this is the bitter past me, Elijah Wood stole my career. Oh, and that's it. Okay. I feel like there's a story there that we you need know, to talk about. <laughs> I wish there was, but there's not. I just remember when I was growing up and I was like, oh, I'm going to be an actor and I'm going to be do all these things. And when I was like 13, 14, he was doing all these movies and I was like, why is he doing I'm That's what I'm supposed to be doing. And I guess I've just held on to that into my adult life. And <laughs> Just now, a little bit of bitterness, you know? You just, need a little bit a in slight, our life. Just a touch, yeah. Chocolate, uh, emotion. Balance. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go back a bit before we get into your outstanding cookbook, The Edgy Veg, 138 Carnivore Approved vegan recipes. When did all the food shenanigans start for you? Where did you grow up? And at what point did you sort of start playing with food? When did that become part of your life? Yeah, I mean, it started right at the beginning. I grew up in Europe, um, spent a lot of time as a kid in Europe. So um, my kind of food landscape was very vast and very close by. Um, I grew up in Germany. different parts of Europe or was it di- in, in one spot in or? Germany specifically. So my mom okay. is German and that her side of the family is completely German. But then my dad is a Canadian military guy who was stationed in Germany. And that's, mm. you know, they fell in love in a disco and the rest is history. And then they got divorced, yes. but th- that's not part of the story. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, having so many countries so close by and, you know, open borders, it really led my family to travel a lot and experience a lot of culture through food. Um, And there was just something about the food that helped me to kind of learn and want to learn more and know about history when I was really young. So uh, kind of the smells and the colors, and that's really what got me into food. Like I really wanted to experience culture through food and I was kind of hypnotized and drawn in. Um, kind of like a tractor beam, just like, uh, um, as a really young kid. And, 
And I always loved food. And then, you know, I turned, oh God, I guess I would have been around 20. Um, I ended up going vegan for kind of health reasons, but also just because I had a very close um, relationship with animals. So my mother raised us mostly vegetarian. She only let us eat chicken. Um, it, she's Seventh-day Adventist, so and I'm sure you know about them and food. Yes? No, <laughs> oh, I don't okay. actually. So Seventh-day Adventists, um, they're a Christian religion, but they really preach health and compassion. So most, okay. so they preach going vegan or vegetarian. Um, so I got my kind of, I guess my toe wet, <laughs> dipped into the kind of the, the vegan pond at a super young age. I was, you know, eating some, some really bizarre back then vegan vegetarian substitutes at, in the nineties. Like some veggie, <laughs> veggie hippie food kind of stuff. Yeah. In the nineties, yes. like my mom was making oh, cashew yes. cream. We were buying these, they, <laughs> there were vegetarian hot dogs, but they came in a can. They were awful. Oh my. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember just, the name so that, of them? Oh my God. I do not remember. I'm I so curious I if could. they had some like strange name or if they were just like veggie hot dog. Yeah. And like very, very early Eve's stuff. But um, so I always kind of had this thing towards or knowledge, I guess, about food and health and how they kind of correlate and what, you know, putting in, putting in your body really does matter, not just from like a health and fitness perspective, but also from a compassion perspective. I sure. grew up in both rural Germany and then also in the country in Canada when we moved here. So I was always around animals and farms and I always really struggled with eating meat for that reason. And then eventually when I turned 20, I, I just kind of cut it out. I had already cut out dairy mostly because I was getting migraines. I had a lot of migraines as a kid and one of my doctors, we tried everything and he was like, why don't you try cutting out dairy? And I was like, okay. And it worked. And then that kind of nice. just spiraled. I mean, it really kind of opened up. It turned the key and opened up everything my mom had taught me from, you know, going back to nature and uh, being compassionate and kind and respectful to the food that you eat. And then with this whole, which I guess 10 years ago now, it was not popular, um, uh, vegan movement that slowly started to kind of move. It, it just kind of moved the needle over for me. Sure. And I mean, the health benefits are also, you know, nothing to sneeze at either. Yeah. Right. Isn't that a nice bonus? Suddenly you're right? like, oh, and these health benefits. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well. oh my God, I'm not suffering with migraines three days a week. <laughs> this is that, awesome. It's so amazing. Those little things like that. And then how, like you said, it can totally push the needle. I'm curious though, when you, so, you know, carnivore approved vegan recipes, like and I always look to your stuff. I, I wouldn't have guessed that you came from a sort of vegetarian vegan household. I would have guessed that you would have come from sort of meat and potatoes upbringing. So where was your shift in looking at recipes and being like, well, how can I make something that's going to feed everyone then that, that everyone will be satisfied with? Yeah, I think it was growing up with divorced parents. So my mom was very healthy and really pushed, you know, um, meat substitutes and eating more healthfully and eating more consciously. Whereas my dad, he was a typical Canadian meat and potatoes kind of guy. So when we would ah. go eat with him and go stay with him on the weekend, you know, there was bacon for breakfast and burgers on the weekend. I mean, he had, he had the kids during the fun time. So it was always fun food, like really indulgent sure. food for him. And I mean, he's a guy's guy and lived with, 
other guys in a house that also, you know, had their kids every weekend. So it was always kind of like a party when it came to food. So that kind of juxtaposition of how my parents ate, I think kind of did that. Like I wanted both all the indulgent foods that I loved growing up and that I kind of was not shamed for, but made to feel guilty for one parent for eating. I I wanted to be able to eat those without the guilt. Well, it's kind of like you combined the worlds then and you were like, no, we can still do this food and we can do it guilt-free. Here we are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I love that. It's amazing. Well, everyone, if you don't already, you must, must watch Candace's YouTube, The Edgy Veg. It's literally jam-packed full of all of the food you never thought you would have again when you go vegan, like a veganized version of the Dairy Queen Blizzard, Wendy's Spicy Chicken. I think at some point I saw the Crunchwrap Supreme from Taco Bell on there. Uh, but it, it's more than just recipes. Can you tell our listeners more about what types of videos they'll find on your YouTube channel? Yeah, anything and everything that pertains to veganism. A lot of eco-friendly tips and tricks, because that's something I'm very passionate about, is our environment um, it's more food entertainment, I would say, than just recipes alone. So it, it's really fun. It's quirky. We uh, do taste tests um, of different products. So most recently, we uh, pinned Impossible Foods and Beyond Meat against each other and just really looked ah. at it, looked at it from an ingredient perspective, taste perspective, did a taste test with my staff here. Um, and we've done that with cheeses and different things. And then we also rate other people's recipes. So for me, I now that I've, re- I've written a cookbook, I know how to write recipes properly. And so it's always really easy to see, is this recipe, what is the easeability of cooking with this recipe? Like, does it make sense? And then also seeing like what, who makes the best version of what? So most recently, I think we did um, lasagna. So, you know, we pinned, um, who was it? It was Gaz from um, Avant-Garde Vegan and sure. Rose from Cheap Lazy Vegan. And I forget who the third yep. person was, but we kind of pinned all the recipes against each other to see which one we all like best. And what's really great and awesome about that series is that every person on my team always ends up liking a different recipe. Like to them, nice. the best one is a different one than... Uh, what is the best to me. And that's kind of the whole point of that show. We'll be back after a quick break. Hey, bar and girl fans. It's Jim with Madhouse Bar Talk, where me and my co-host sit around and talk about the things going on around Madhouse Bar and Grill in Elyria, Ohio. The whole conversation is unscripted, uncensored, and unedited. Anywhere where you stream podcasts, just remember, Madhouse Bar Talks, baby. I love that. That's great. Well, and you're sort of also showcasing a bunch of different vegan people. So people can also sort of get a different viewpoint and perspective from when they're watching. Stuff yeah, on, absolutely. On I think, channel. you know, broadening um, who you watch and just having a variety of people that you watch and listen to and get advice from is really important. And I see, you know, the vegan space as not competition. There's room for all of us and all of us offer something really, really unique to viewers. And so I I love to share the people that I love as well. I love that. I, um, you know, and chatting with Miyoko Shinner, one of my favorite things she ever said is I was talking to her at a natural food expo once. And I said, well, what about, how do you feel about Daya and all this stuff? And she was like, I feel great. More cheese. The more cheese, the better. The more cheese, the better. Like the more than we can change the world. And she has not lost that uh, outlook in my time speaking with her over the years. And it's just always sort of 
that perspective has always stayed with me because it's easy to get in your own head when you do create content and be like, well, what if someone did this? Or is it like this? Or, oh, like to get in that space of like almost competing, you know? So I, I yeah. love that you're highlighting other people and, and, and celebrating our differences. There's all differences and it's all going to resonate with different people. And if you're out there and you're listening and you just went vegan, the best thing you can do is find a variety of things. Absolutely. Sort of like. Absolutely. And, and there's a time and a place and a use case for everything. So, yeah. you know. That's important. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Variety is important, y'all. Uh, well, let's get into books. Do you remember what your first vegan cookbook was that you ever owned? Ooh, my first vegan cookbook. I know that I had my... Oh, I think it was Skinny Bitch. You're kidding. Okay, there's lots of parallels already between us when you're talking, and I just haven't said anything, but mine was Skinny Bastard. Stop it. I swear to you. It's actually one of the reasons. So I read that in like 2009, I want to say, and then I went vegan after I read it because it was the first thing I read where I had been like playing with it at that point, like trial and error, different things. And it was one of the first things I read where it had like a, a sense of humor, but also educated me. It, and I was like, I'm in, I'm done. This is it. Yeah, that's what I loved about it. It was kind of putting me in my place in in a really mean way sometimes, but it's mean sure. and place and playful at the same time. It was totally my humor, my like I'm I am, you know, bitchy and sarcastic and right. and I like <laughs> to t- talk and tell how it is while also kind of like being cheeky about it. So, yeah. I, it definitely resonated with me. They did such a good job with the with that series. How um, did you have the, the so you are you talking now because I think isn't there a skinny bitch book and then also a cookbook with it right so there's I think she has a couple now um, okay okay but the Makes original sense. one that I had it's this tiny it's the tiniest little book and it's kind of a here's why you should go plant-based and also yes. here's a bunch of recipes so yes. every kind okay. of point had a recipe to it well, that's not the first time this has been brought up on this podcast, y'all. So skinny bitch, skinny bastard, it's still out there and it still is totally relevant today. So go check it out. Uh, it's a good read. Well, let's dive into your book, The Edgy Veg, 138 Carnivore Approved Vegan Recipes. You speak in the intro of a passion for recreating a feeling of nostalgia by veganizing childhood cravings, fast food faves, and food nerd obsessions, which is where I think uh, we share the same food brain a bit as well. I remember when when I went vegan, someone said, well, what about pizza and mac and cheese? And I remember just sort of a sense of being like, well, what about them? Watch me. Like, <laughs> exactly. Was, uh, like, give me a break, you know? Um, it's been my life's mission to make sure no human will ever go without vegan mac and cheese and pizza. That's for sure. So what about you? What is the first dish you remember you had to veganize hands down? Ooh, the first dish I had, I think it was mac and cheese. I mean, I how think, can it not be, right? right? I think that's actually what it was because I had a roommate who ate KD like all the time. And while KD, KD is kind of like the trash of mac and cheese, it does have that nostalgia. Now, what is KD? Is this a Canadian Oh, fast okay. Food? It's it's Kraft Dinner. It's mac and, it's boxed mac and Oh, I got it. Yes. Okay. You guys have different terms. Like we have different terms than Americans do for KD. I love it. KD. Oh, I crushed some KD when I was a kid. Oh my God. Yeah. Like you got home before your parents did and you wanted an after school snack. And, uh-huh. and that's, I, I liked smelling that smell for that reason. Cause it brought me sure. right back to it. So I think that was the first one I really said, like, I need to veganize this. Um, and it kind of, I think the first few recipes that I veganized were pastas just because I ate so much pasta as a kid growing up in, uh, in Europe. 
and pasta is so delicious. Did you ever recreate the craft spot, the Katie spirals? No. <laughs> There's like the spiral to me always had like a slightly different taste than the regular craft. I don't think I've even uh, ever tried it. Oh, well, I mean, now you won't, and that's fine, but maybe one day. <laughs> but you know what I will say about spiral shaped um, pasta? It is the best pasta because you get more sauce. Because it gets all in the little nooks and crannies of it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Well, the cool thing here is you give us options in this book with variations and food hacks to make things easier. I mean, just like that one right there, more sauce in your pasta with spirals, y'all. She said it. Uh, But you make things easier along the way and you reference finding tutorials for some recipes on your YouTube channel, which is a win-win for the visual learner like myself. You also give a great rundown of pantry staples, kitchen tools, favorites from herbs and spices to egg replacement and vegan meat substitutes. It's really an all-in-one for a new or even a seasoned vegan. When you started working on this book, did you know you were sort of going to get really expansive like that and help people who were like first-timers? Yeah, that was kind of the goal. I felt that I had a lot of different vegan cookbooks, but none of them were kind of that one-stop shop. And I really wanted to make it easy for someone who maybe has never cooked anything vegan in their entire life, but I wanted them to still be able to use this cookbook and use it in an educated. And if I don't know this, I can look it up and it's right here. I don't have to go on the internet. I don't have to pull out another book. I wanted it kind of to be the one-stop shop for everything. So, you know, you didn't have to know how to cook. You didn't even have to know how to cook vegan food um, to use the book. And that was, I kind of wanted it to be like a vegan encyclopedia. (laughs) It's got that shape too, everyone. Yep. It is a hardcover, <laughs> hefty, lovely book. I just banged it on the table. You might have heard me because I set it on a table. It's but, um, a really it, it good really tool is for a great throwing quality at people. Book. <laughs> <laughs> Which you've never, 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 never. never. not in 2021 <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, in the first chapter, you give us the basics, which is sort of a great start to those things you're talking about, having the tools to cook with. And I love books that have these um, because it also gives different authors have a different uh, personal idea of what the basics are. So there's always a nice variety. We've got a pizza dough, a foolproof gnocchi, better than eggs, tofu scramble, seitan, non-dairy ice cream, the art of cheese sauce. Uh, I'm not joking. Again, same food brain. What are some of the most important basics for you to include for you that in this book for you to include? Yeah. Uh, recipe wise, I would say, I mean, there is a whole basic section. I think that was yes. the most important for me to include just because if you know how to make those basics, you can almost make anything. So if you know how to make a basic cream sauce, you can use that and even not even use my cookbook to make a creamy pasta because now you have a cream sauce. You can just substitute, you know, what you were using in your normal recipe and then use that. Um, so any of kind of the basics there, how to, you know, make pizza dough at home, um, how to make, like I said, the cream sauces, cheeses, uh, dressings, marinades, because a lot of the marinades are used over and over again throughout the book. Perfect. Um, and just kind of learning how to, or teaching people how to flavor combine in a way that can be recycled over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah, recycle it, little, little elevate, little updo on some other recipes, which is always nice. Use things over and over again. Uh, chapter two is my favorite category. Of course, it's brunch. I love that it starts off with a pancake guide featuring the OG pancakes, but then also has banana chocolate pancakes and peanut butter and 
Bailey's pancakes? Bailey's pancakes, girl. Uh, what are a couple of your go-to brunch items you still find yourself gravitating toward from this chapter? Well, definitely tofu scramble because that is yes. an OG and tried and true. My partner is obsessed with tofu scramble. He went vegan, I guess it was over a year ago now. Um, and that's, I mean, he he now can make that by heart and makes his own tweaks. So that one's definitely a go-to. But my Benedict, I think... No offense to anywhere or anyone else out there, but I think it's the best and most true to the original Eggs Benedict. <laughs> I love it. But also uh, French toast. I mean, the peanut butter French toast, peanut butter and jam, like who doesn't love peanut butter and jam and who doesn't love French toast? So why not smash them together for the most peanut epic brunch ride of your life? <laughs> how So how is that recipe? Can you tell us a little more, bit more about it? Like how is that put together? Is it like a peanut butter and jelly in the middle of two French toast or like, how does that work? Yeah. So it's um, two pieces of bread, uh, peanut butter, jelly in the middle, and then French toast the heck out of that. So <laughs> put oh. that in the marinade and then, you know, put it on your pan and yeah. Cover it in and what are you sugar. using for your uh, your um, what am I thinking? Your coating on the outside. What would normally be the egg? Tofu. Tofu. There you go. You heard it right. You here, can y'all. make That's anything great. with tofu. That's like if oh, I yeah. could just make a just tofu and how to make things with tofu cookbook. That would be <laughs> I think, I that. something I would love to write. That peanut, hey, I mean, don't stop now, but we'd love another book from you. Uh, that peanut butter and jelly uh, French toast sounds amazing. Uh, and we're moving into Supernatural, which is S-O-U-P, Supernatural, is the soup chapter giving us uh, pho, Super Bowl chili, and Momofuku-style ramen. Tell listeners that might not know what Momofuku and Momofuku-style ramen is. Yeah, so it's a restaurant. I guess it started out in New York. We have one here in Toronto yes. as well, and it was like David Chang he was like the OG I'm going to figure out how like where food comes from why it works kind of like a Anthony Bourdain um but a little bit different has his own style and I was pretty obsessed with him for a while and (laughs) also during writing this cookbook um he get you know he's coming out with shows on Netflix constantly so I really wanted to take his um like I guess, creation for ramen and try and veganize that the traditional way as much as I possibly could with vegan ingredients. Um, So that's kind of, yeah, that's where that came from. And I guess now they have momofukus in different styles all over the place, but I definitely think it still stands out for the ramen. Delicious. Uh, I, yeah, I personally love me some ramen and the Momofuku style ramen is delicious, everybody. This uh, supernatural chapter cozies up to the salads chapter. While salad isn't all vegans eat, I do love me a good salad still. And who wouldn't with salads like the deconstructed pizza salad? And of course, we have the goodies like the token kale salad and eat the rainbow slaw. But you keep it jazzed up with the buffalo Caesar and great titles like the Cobb Your Enthusiasm Bowl. <laughs> Uh, I love a good pun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and it, it is very clear throughout this book. I love it. It's great. And you make well, you make a little uh, quip in the intro of the book, even about being full of dad jokes. So it's one of my favorite characteristics through the book, actually. Um, we move on to the munchies chapter. Honey, tell us all the things. Like, what are a couple of your absolute favorite munchies from this chapter? Ooh. Oh, some of my favorites. I mean, one that is so simple and so delicious are the, um, heck, what are they called in the book? I think they're chili (laughs) lime cashews. Yes, chili lime cashews. 
they're just they're such a good snack for like watching tv and like yes. you can't stop after a first handful like just keep going um <laughs> and you keep going it's a good fat it's a good fat it's exactly a good fat. it doesn't <laughs> matter that it's been roasted in other fat right right no no no, no. um so that's definitely one of my go-tos um oh what else is in the munchie section i believe that the jalapeno poppers are in there um, nice, which yes, nice. I had, I wasn't able to really find a good jalapeno popper that I loved, um, that gave, that kind of transported me back to before my vegan days. Um, so that one was a really fun one to write because they constantly exploded in my deep fryer. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So that was, uh, that was fun. Um, but we finally, always a good time. Always a mess means good food. I That's mean, fine. you've written a cookbook, you know, sometimes yes. messes everywhere. Sometimes oh my gosh. they just don't work. <laughs> I was, sometimes they just don't work. I was, uh, we had Terry Hope Romero on for one and we were talking about her salad books and, you know, before that it was all cupcake stuff. And she was like, she was like, I never need to write another thing about a cupcake ever again. She's like, I don't want to clean frosting ever again. And I was like, yep. I hear you like cleaning frosting is a pain Been there. well there's a couple in this chapter the pocket pizzas i love an easy easy pizza like more than anything else to just make a pizza real quick tell us about the pocket pizza i mean who doesn't want a pizza that you can fit in your pocket all right <laughs> hey come on dad jokes again that was kind of like um one of the after school recipes that i remember having as a kid that you know you yeah. still want that you know just because you're not an, an adult doesn't mean that you're going to eat like one all the time so yeah, exactly so nor should you no you should have fun with it so you know something easy to do with leftover pizza dough or if you have left let's say you made pizza i don't know two nights ago and you sell some leftover toppings and you you know, want to throw something together. So it, it is, I don't know if you guys had these in the States, pizza pockets or pizza pops. Not pizza pops. No. Oh, so it's pretty much the same thing. It's like, maybe, a, they, maybe we did. And I didn't know we had, we had like hot pockets, but I don't know what a pizza pop is. So it's like, it's pretty much this that I created, <laughs> that I created. I love it's it. It's a dough just filled with all the, your favorite pizza toppings. And oh, you so throw good. them in the microwave after school as a snack until your parent got home and cooked for you. So you just take like, is this with like a pita? You just cut a pita open and throw the stuff in there? No, it's pizza dough. So it is. Oh, you're making. Okay, great. Yeah. So it's kind of like a calzone, but it's round. Yeah. 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 Okay. Totally. So when I you bite it. into I... it, it's just ooey gooey pizza-ness. I'm like calzone. That I know. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, the Montreal famous poutine. Now, poutine is like fries, cheese curds, and it's gravy. From what I was reading, it originated from Quebec. What makes these Montreal famous? Um, well, Montreal is in Quebec. There we go. <laughs> I was like, I was like, why am I not understanding this? It's but the, there we go. It's the capital of the province. Oh, wait. Oh my wait, gosh. Actually, this is great, you know everyone. what? I might be wrong. Quebec City might be the capital. I should know this. Anyway, doesn't matter. It's a big city. <laughs> we can focus on the fact in that Quebec. I didn't know something. That's fine. Yeah, and it's uh I mean poutine, it's it's fries, gravy, and cheese. Traditionally cheese curds, but I haven't been able to figure out a vegan cheese curd alternative yet. So for this one, I you can use the cheese sauce that I make in the um, in the cookbook, or I give you a couple tips on how to use like the Dea blocks and kind of shape them into looking like curds and throwing them on top. So there's a couple options there for that. But I mean, another thing that I grew up eating here in Canada, you can get poutine on the side of the road. Like there's little chip trucks on the side of the road in rural rural areas, and they're there every day. And 
it's like a little restaurant, but it's just a truck and you could go and get your poutine. Uh, well, I mean, are there any, is there any like restaurants like famous for doing like a vegan poutine at this point? I don't know. I would be surprised if they didn't have one in Quebec somewhere. You need to open it. You need, you need to make it happen because it's a, it's a delicious, delicious dish. Yeah. They have tons of poutine restaurants everywhere in Canada, well, they need, but they've got to have vegan versions somewhere, but all right. Well, uh, onto everyone's favorite, the main squeeze talking about the most substantial part of the meal highlight of the culinary experience, which by the way, dear listeners is the exact definition. I love these fun definitions at the top of ever, every chapter. Those were so Candace. fun to write. <laughs> it's so great. Uh, it's, and it's, it's educating beyond the food in the book. So you're helping everyone. So the first thing I made from this book, actually, when I got it in my excited little hands was the easy cheesy fondue. And this shit is legit. Um, I serve it to carnivores and I, I always know guaranteed every time they'll not know so I thank you for that they won't know it's vegan that is of course uh, tell me about the half-baked mac and cheese yeah so that's the OG mac and cheese that's it it took many years to perfect that I mean you I'm sure you know um, I was gonna say this goes back to the mac and cheese yeah, conversation yeah it's uh, it evolved and evolved and evolved and then now it's in its final form which is baked <laughs> fantastic yeah what's your like and is that the do you use the easy cheesy fondue that i love so much do you use it in the half bake or do you so make a totally different sauce for that in the cookbook specifically i use the cheese sauce that i reference in the basics but i have made it with the fondue cheese and it just it's like elevated you know what i mean it's well, like a fondue. fancy cheese it's so good you use the white wine vinegar in it, right? Yeah. Is that the one I'm thinking of? Yes, of course it is. See, I remember I don't even have the book open. It was so good. I loved it so much. And sauerkraut um, juice. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's delicious. Gives it that sharpness and that tanginess. It's so good. Uh, well, and then you've got the famous edgy veg fried chicken. Why is it so famous? Um, whew, I think it was one of the one of the first recipes I put out on my YouTube channel. There we go. Well, and you go on to say that you cried biting into it. I mean, I've been there. What makes it so good? It just, it's the texture. It's the juiciness. It's the crispiness on the outside. Um, I grew up eating chicken burgers because really that's the only thing my mom would allow us to eat in terms of like burgers. And so it, I hadn't had it in so long, like so long. And we didn't have options like Gardein and all of that at the time. So um, yeah, it was, it was an emotional moment. I'm not dramatic at all, by the way. <laughs> me, no, me neither. Me neither. Not at all. No. Um, so it was just, it was nice. It was nice to feel like I was being included in what everybody else was eating. And I think that being vegan could, can be isolating in certain situations. And so, um, you know, just kind of, it gave me a recipe that if I was going somewhere I could bring with me or, you know, I had friends that are like, can you send me a recipe to cook for you when you come to dinner with everybody else? So I don't know what to cook for you. So it was nice to kind of come up with a recipe that people who weren't vegan would want to try and would really, really love. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that. All inclusive. My husband likes to say we were talking to, uh, some people about restaurant stuff a little bit ago, and this one person we knew who was in the business was like, well, I don't know why in the restaurant industry specifically, he was like, I don't know why you're going to do that. That's very, um, you know, exclusive, and it's excluding other people. And we were like, actually, this idea is all inclusive because everyone can literally eat there. I love you know? that. 
Yeah, I, when he said that, I was like, you know, I was vegan, and then my husband's probably been vegan now for only, like maybe two years, and we've been together nine years or so. But he was like, when he said that, I was like, oh, I was like, okay, okay, you're hired. You can write all the emails from now on. That's fantastic. You're like, thank you, copywriter husband. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. <laughs> well, in this book, we have the Crunchy Taco Wrap Supreme, which I spoke of earlier. And what's a recipe from the main squeeze chapter you would tell someone to make who just got the book? Who just got the book? book Hmm. are they a seasoned cook person let's do one let's do two then from the main squeeze chapter let's do one for the new vegan and one for who might be a seasoned cook for the new vegan i would definitely do the thai basil beef Mm. which oh i still make that recipe like once a month (laughs) i love that that's one of my favorite things to hear from cookbook authors it's so good. I can't get enough of it. Um, so for anyone that's just, you know, starting to learn how to cook, I think that one's a really, it's, it's a lot of bang for your buck. It's really easy to make, but the flavor is so intense and so delicious and it has a good payoff. So I think that is definitely one. And then from, for someone that knows how to cook, um, probably I just grabbed my cookbook so I can look at <laughs> the, yes. uh, the table of contents. I think probably the Ooh, the veal or Parmesan. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, Italian bakery veal Parmesan. Definitely. Well, now, so, okay, veal Parmesan. So speaking of your sort of vegetarian vegan upbringing, well, but I guess then maybe you sort of, did you have stuff like that occasionally? Like, like, did you have veal Parmesan ever before? Or do you have people in your world where you're able to be like, hey, test this. How close are we? What do you think? You know what I mean? Yeah, I had Parmesan, like chicken Parmesan, but never veal. Um, But when I wrote this cookbook, it was tested on people that were very, very heavily um, like seasoned eaters. Like they would yes, eaten yes. around the world. They're very, very picky. So with this one, it was definitely the texture that I needed to nail with the veal. Like it's just, it's so soft. And yeah. um, so that was really fun. And then the cheese on top of that, um, I mean, I like to use the fondue, but you could. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? It's delicious. Yeah. I'm telling you everybody the fondue. Or just, you know, get some store-bought favorite mozzarella from Miyoko or something. Well, it's so interesting. <laughs> when when this book was what? 2018, mm-hmm. I think. 2018 and already we're in 2021, so what 3 years later. Isn't it amazing to you how much has already changed? Oh my god, yeah, in in the world of vegan stuff specifically. Well, in this cookbook, I had to be very careful about telling people to use store-bought substitutions because it just wasn't available for everyone, sure. and I wanted to make this cookbook even available for people that lived in, you know, food deserts and middle America and in countries that maybe don't have the same type of um, structure or vegan wasn't as popular in their country. So they don't have the vegan option. So I wanted to make sure that everybody could enjoy it and cook from it. So I really, really try not to use substitutions, which makes some of the recipes a little bit longer. Um, But you can just, if I tell you to make cheese from scratch, just go buy some if you don't have the time. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah, so you can still use the recipes and still follow them and just swap out some of the things I, I show you how to make from scratch. Yeah, that's great. It's it's just really is it blows my mind because when did you say you went vegan? You said like 10 years ago? Yeah, almost 11 now. Yeah, I mean, it's around, I think it's like 11, 12 for me. And really, when I think then, not even 2018, then when you think back to then, like 2009, 2010, it has come leaps and bounds. It just blows my mind. And we're just like, it's full speed ahead. There's no stopping. It's just going to keep going. It's so cool to see. It's so awesome. I mean, we just got the impossible food stuff here in Canada. 
oh, just sure. now. <laughs> and when we wow. did that, yeah, right. When we got the, uh, when we filmed the taste test, the amount, the amount of people on my staff that were just like, I don't like it because it's too close to real beef. Yeah. And if it's I'm, so strange. If right? I'm in a yeah. restaurant and they feed me the wrong thing, I won't be able to tell. And I just think you're very skeptical. Yeah. And I just think that that's yeah. incredible given, you know, when I wrote this cookbook, there was nothing really, I think beyond me and impossible. We're just starting to kind of experiment, yep. but mostly yeah. where you are in, a, in the States. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. My mom, who's not vegan, she will, she'll get the impossible Whopper. Like if she goes to Burger King, she'll get the impossible Whopper over the regular Whopper. Which now, I think is incredible. You know? I mean, we just got, it's amazing. Um, we just got a chicken sandwich at KFC here and I did some promo for them. And I, I got a little bit of pushback from people being like, how can you support KFC? And I'm like, I'm not supporting KFC specifically. I'm supporting that they're bringing in options for people that want it. I mean, if you have, you know, let's say a 12 year old girl who is vegan and is forced to eat places with her family where her family goes and she's not vegan. I want her to have an option on the menu when they take her to yep. places like this. And yep. so I think that's just incredible now that people have the well, option if they want it. Absolutely. And I'm, I mean, it's, it's the vegan police, right? You're never going to make everyone happy and there's always going to be some pushback. But my thing on those things like you just did, it's like, we have to let people know this option exists exactly like you said, so that they can have it. And the thing is, people are going to start to love it and they're going to love it more than it's it, the other side. Yeah, absolutely. And then the, the, it, it's, it's just the whole idea of supply and demand. Like, I mean, people are going to want the vegan product more. That's just going to happen. So then we'll start to push the other stuff out. But like the people who control it all the food system like they need to see those numbers first it's a numbers game yeah exactly them, you know? and boycotting them it, it doesn't make change happen it doesn't help the cause at all no. and it, it's of course we feel the same thing and like oh yes it sort of like sucks to have to like you that that feeling of that where you're like i get it i get what they do but also like they have this thing and people need to know and i need to show people yeah. that so i applaud you i applaud you and vegan police we see you we see you from 200 paces say what you want to say <laughs> just, gonna, hey. just say it over there uh, yes yeah, <laughs> in the safety there. of your it's home fine. and not near me <laughs> exactly exactly well uh well we'll get back to the book never to be dismissed are the sides and you have a few tasty tidbits in here what are some sides in this book you love serving to people anything you make for like the holidays or parties or anything like that? Um, definitely the Brussels sprouts. I was someone that did not like Brussels sprouts growing up. Hated them, hated <laughs> oh, them, neither. hated them. I thought they looked yeah. like little brains. I hated that my mom boiled them. Um, I hated the texture. I hated the taste. She didn't even season them. I hated everything about them. So Just straight up boiled Brussels sprouts? Just, just, yeah, she was healthy. She didn't want salt or oil. Oh, bless. <laughs> Her, oh. It was back in the day where like oil I was so wrong. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so learning how to cook Brussels sprouts in a way that I love was just a really nice thing for me because I just always was like, no, 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 no. And so that one, and it's good for holidays. I mean, who doesn't love Brussels sprouts on the holidays? Sure. Well, so how do you prepare them in this book? Um, so I just kind of parboil them. So do a little blanching and then toss them in oil, garlic, salt, and throw them in the oven and roast them. I mean, any nice. vegetable, you could get me to eat any vegetable if it's roasted. And if I don't like a vegetable, if you, uh, if you roast it, I will. <laughs> 
Yes. No, I feel the same. It gets that sort of like, like a richer flavor. And then sometimes you get the little crispies on the outside and everything. It just makes it tastier all around yeah, for sure. Exactly. Any, any other side dishes that you can't live without for holidays or parties? In this uh, the mushrooms are also one of my favorites. I am addicted to mushrooms. My grandfather mm. used to take me foraging for mushrooms in Stop. the German forest in the black oh my forest. Gosh. So mushroom, just the smell of even a raw mushroom, it just kind of brings me back to hanging out with him, which was just one of my favorite things to do as a kid. It's a very special moment for me. So that's one that I absolutely adore. I wish you could see my face. I'm like, oh, (laughs) what a sweet memory. I love this. Yeah, he he loved to forage and go on walks in the forest. And he would always tell us stories and make up little like fairy tales. And so it's it's something that always reminds me of him. So it's one that uh, is very, very special. So that's it also means if I'm stuck on an island, you're with you, like I'm going to cling to you because I feel like I'd be able you'd be able to feed me. Oh, yeah, because I mean, there's a very you pretty much are either mm, tasty or mm, I'm dead now when it comes to mushrooms. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's that's what I, I've I've gathered from people. Well, what's so? What do you do with the mushrooms in this recipe? So it's it's very similar to um, the Brussels sprouts in that they're roasted. Um, okay. Garlic is you know a a highlight there, but also just herbs like thyme, rosemary. Um, mixing those herbs in there, I think, really just perfect. And parsley, of course, parsley and mushrooms. Ah, A little parsley, a little parsley. Uh, Can you give us one more side dish? Yes, I can. Um, Hmm. I'm just, you know, flipping through my book here. Yeah, flip through. It's been a bit. It's been since 2018. It is, yeah. I mean, the, um, oh, oh God, me and my roasted vegetables. Um, (laughs) There's the edgy edgy roasted, edgy roasted (laughs) veg. Um, which is roasted vegetables. However, there is a sauce that comes with these. It is a cilantro sauce and it is incredible. Did you always like cilantro? Were you always a fan or did you like get into it after some playing with it? always a fan um, all right yeah okay. yeah not a cilantro person you can do it with parsley. no <laughs> i go i go both ways with it sometimes i think it just depends for me what it's in there was a time in my life a long time ago when i wasn't so much cilantro but now i'm into it but like you just said y'all she's giving you options you can do the parsley and stuff. yeah you can it's do the great. parsley as well the the base of the sauce is tahini and Delicious. you just drizzle it on top of the hot vegetables and then it warms up that tahini and it's just mm. that sauce is incredible on anything. It makes a really nice dipping sauce as well. I love that. A cilantro tahini dipping sauce. So good. The next chapter is Thirsty Girl chapter, which by definition, according to the Edgy Veg cookbook <laughs> is, and I quote, a female who is eager for material gifts, monetary instruments, or the gift of alcohol at a bar or nightclub. Used in a sentence, Cynthia's friend Monica's been getting free drinks from that rich guy all night. What a thirsty girl. <laughs> now... I know I've been a thirsty gal myself. One might call me the thirstiest man in podcasting, but uh, have you ever been a thirsty gal at any point in your life, Candace? I mean, thirsty for a ginger shot, absolutely. There you go. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. And speaking of, from ginger shots to mint chocolate chip smoothie and some adult bevies in between, can you tell us about the grade A Caesar? And that's a Canadian A. What's the difference between this and a Bloody Mary? Yeah, so we used here in Canada, we use Clamato, which is a uh, clam and tomato juice. Yeah, it's ish. very briny. It, it's quite delicious. It's very briny, very salty. So we use that as opposed to just tomato juice. And that's kind of the difference there. And then people go crazy with the 
with the sides and toppings and whatnot. Um, but the rest of it is more or less the same. How do you create that brininess in your vegan version? Um, so I like to do it a couple different ways, pickle juice, um, mm -hmm. olive juice. Um, in the cookbook specifically, I also use a little bit of um, sauerkraut to get that brininess. Um, yeah, there's a couple different things that you can use as long as it has, you know, a brine, you can probably use yeah, it, absolutely. which is why I have jars of, you know, like empty pickle jars that just have brine in them. It's stuck in my fridge I, forever. Yeah. I mean, I, I do as well. As you were saying that, I was just thinking that about the sauerkraut in my fridge because we both apparently, I have a love for sauerkraut and using it in things specifically. I like it on its own, but I do love to use it in different sauces and everything. It just sort of like makes things pop a little bit. Yeah. It just, you need a little bit of brine. It's, you know, your, your flavor senses, you mm -hmm, need it. Mm -hmm. um, so well, yeah. When it comes to drinks in this chapter, in the Thirsty Girl chapter, do you have a favorite drink? Ooh, alcoholic or non-alcoholic? Let's do one of each. Bum, ba, da, da. Uh, the Picante, I think, is still to this day one of my favorite cocktails. It's a uh, tequila-based cocktail, and it is my version of a very similar recipe that they have at Soho House. And it's, which is a spicy, you know, lime and tequila cocktail. And yes. so, um, I, I started making it at home because I just loved it so much. Yeah. So that's, that's what she is. And then, and that's cheaper. That's cheaper. It's, to make it home. Always, so, hey, always. <laughs> and then, uh, for non-alcoholic, Ooh, I don't know if I can, <laughs> maybe the, I'm having a hard time between the mint chocolate chip smoothie and the coffee crisp because it's also – let's go with the coffee crisp. Ooh, yeah. What is that? So coffee crisp is a Canadian chocolate bar. Nice. And so this is my smoothie version of that Canadian oh, chocolate bar. Yeah, okay. it's it's a, like a coffee-flavored chocolate bar, and it has these like really tasty, crispy wafers in the middle, and ah. it's just flawless. I love that. Now, is that chocolate bar, is it vegan or not? It's not. It's, is it? not. <laughs> it's not, but okay, that's all right. We can do your, your drink now. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah, I'm still waiting for someone to come out with a vegan uh, coffee crisp chocolate bar because it has I been mean, years and I would yeah, love it's gonna one. I mean, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen, but it has to be from a Canadian person because no one else knows about it. <laughs> well, exactly. I'm surprised you have. Have you not recreated one? I've. You know what? I'm going to add it to my list of things I need to recreate. <laughs> I'm sure that's a very short list, right? No, my gosh. Oh my I'm God. sure you have the I've, longest list ever. I have run out of notebooks. <laughs> <laughs> I have like notebooks just sitting. I, I need to get organized a little more. Between this and my office where I work, it's like little notebooks full of like just recipes like things that i want to do scribbled in different places i'm like there needs to be a right and i'm sure list. that when you are on the internet you'll probably end up with like 60 tabs open of recipe yeah. inspiration oh. and things yeah. you want to make and then yeah 100 <laughs> yeah. and yeah. when i did this i sat down with you i actually closed a bunch of so did I. <laughs> oh my gosh i was like i need to focus like focus in get rid of that yeah stuff right i was now. like my computer's actually going to sound like it's a plane about to take off if i do not oh close every single tab except when for that happens i get so terrified when the <laughs> computer does it i'm like i'm like it's okay baby just hold on just please hold don't on fly I'm gonna away. Some please don't fly it's away. okay yep uh-huh oh my goodness well now we're on to sweet endings or beginnings as you proclaim because you don't judge and i will admit sometimes i prefer dessert over a meal altogether so i thank you for not judging me what's the secret to your creme brulee all day oh coconut milk 
Mm, yeah that's a good secret it that's is a good secret. yeah you have to separate it though it's got to be the full fat the fat all yeah, just fat. all the fat and then um i mean i it's sugar <laughs> yeah sugar and, sugar sugar and, and fat milks. yeah yeah so how do you go about making it do you get the crispy top on it i do yeah and and to get that nice custardy texture i use cornstarch nice um, you can do a couple different types of starches and I like to play with starches, but again, making it accessible for everyone, I decided to go with cornstarch for the cookbook because everyone has access to cornstarch. Not everyone has access to you know, arrowroot or tapioca sure. or anything like that. Sure. So, um, and it's a super simple recipe, um, but it, it presents really beautifully and it comes off as very like rich and fancy, but it's so simple. I love that. I love a simple creme brulee all day. And you have some great ice creams in here with the I Can Has Strawberry Ice Cream and Thank You Very Matcha Ice Cream. But take us out here with Candace's favorite sweet treat from this book. Ooh, my favorite sweet treat. I think, I think it might be the, oh, is it, it's a pretty big tie between the sponge cake and the mousse. Let's go with the mousse. Mm, the mousse is ridiculous. Tell me about it, yeah. So it's an aquafaba base. Perfect. Um, and it's it's literally whipped to into oblivion. It's whipped into <laughs> like it's it's melted chocolate whipped with aqu- aquafaba, and you put it in the fridge. And again, very simple. And you can layer it with whipped like a vegan version of whatever whipped cream you love, or a coconut cream. And you know you can get nice. that kind of layered version. It's just it's really really decadent. Um, and again, it presents very fancy. So that's always a bonus very, for when we're allowed fancy. to have people that. over again. <laughs> yes. For that day. For that, that day. day. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Uh, well, this reaches the point where, uh, I would ask you to give a book brag, book brag, uh, something you're most proud about when it comes to this book. I think, I mean, the timeline for this book was insane. We came up with oh, the really? idea. We wrote it, shot it, um, and had it out within eight months. Oh, that's amazing. With Congrats the tour to and you. everything. That yeah. So I think just like I'm very proud of. Top, Wait, the like, book tour was it within that eight months as well? It started at the eight month point. Oh, yeah. My goodness. Yeah. It was wild. Um, I, I definitely learned how hard I can work. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's amazing. You tell me eight months on this. So I've heard a you know, between my books and the books, everyone I've chatted with on this podcast, I've heard so many different timelines. I would have thought with the quality of this book, because it is so good that you had much more time than eight months. So kudos to you. Thank you. And and I did all of the styling myself. I did not take the photos because I, I only have two hands, but um, <laughs> working with, and it's, it's really lovely because everyone that worked on this cookbook with me is a friend. So I, yeah. I really went out of my way to hire my friends and give them these opportunities that they wanted. I had a, a sous chef in the kitchen with me and he always wanted to work on a cookbook. So I was like, why don't you help me with mine? That's and perfect. I had a girlfriend so who was a prop stylist who always wanted to work on a cookbook. She did um, prop styling for you know magazines and that sort of thing, food and drink, which we have here in Canada. Um, and she wanted to style a cookbook. So I hired her. So it was really lovely to work with people that I that I adore and I admire and are very close to me. So that was really, really special. 
I love that. That's so great to have people with you on projects that you get to do with people you actually enjoy being around. Yeah, it makes such a huge difference. (laughs) It it just relieves a level of stress because you all just know each other. Yep. And, Mm -hmm. you know, working with people that maybe you don't know as well, you have to get to know their like quirks and how they communicate and all of that. And yeah, (laughs) it's just for sure. and, And, you know, giving your friends opportunities is awesome. Yeah, it is great. And did you have a did you have a glam squad, Mama? Because your hair on this cover is lit. Yes, I definitely had a glam squad. It is oh, so good. God. I'm like that hair is right. Well, and after years of doing YouTube videos where I had to do my own hair and makeup, I was like, sure. "Yes, girl, I am not lifting uh-huh. a pinky." <laughs> Curl my hair Hello. for me. Yep. I will not be getting a workout this morning like I usually do. Um, yep, you were like, it's fine. The only work my head had to do was to carry those extensions around. So yeah, oh, they're <laughs> so good. I just love. I when it's so funny as you were just talking and about people being involved. I was like, when I first got this book, I was like, oh, she had that hair done. Good, it looks great. It's so good. So thank good. you. I mean, y'all, you always look great, but there's just an extra special curl in this cover photo that I love. It's thank just you. Yeah, I mean, right. And as someone that just cut all their hair off, um, <laughs> I got oh, off. really? Yeah, I just cut it to shoulder length because I just was dying it blonde for so long. It was just dead, and I needed to sure. start over. But now that I look at this cookbook cover, I'm like, hmm. I wonder how long it's going to take to grow that out again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well done to you. That is quite the timeline. We're going to move into your rapid fire round Ooh, of questions. Okay. You ready? Yep. All right, here we go. Celebrity you would love to cook for? Oh, um, 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 <laughs> um. <laughs> not, I started with a hard one. No, not so rapid fire for me. Jesus. I know, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, the celebrity that I would like to cook for, um, oh my God, what is his name? Uh, uh, Offerman. Um, Jeff Offerman. Oh, okay. Ron Swanson. Duh. <laughs> uh, Nick, Nick Offerman. Nick Offerman. Yes. There we go. There we go. We got to it between because the two of us. Because he plays the there. exact character in every single show and he loves meat. So let me cook for him. He you, loves man. meat. I was going to say he needs you to cook for him. That would be so great. I mean, hopefully uh, he doesn't throw mid- it in the garbage, but. <laughs> no, I, I think he'd eat it. He'd probably be very kind. Uh, midnight. And also he's so adorable. I just have such a crush on him so too. Uh, midnight or late night snack? Ooh, cereal. <laughs> cereal very good very i can't keep cereal in the house because i just will, oh, that, just that candy cereal from our childhood that our parents mm. would never buy for us mm. give me it i want it in my veins <laughs> cinnamon toast crunch all the Ooh, way i'm a captain goodness. crunch girl there you go <laughs> um baked or fried always fried there you go pancakes or waffles pancakes food on a skewer or a tiny spoon Ooh, skewer messier favorites yes 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 <laughs> i agree uh and you're eating with your hands so i'm into that yeah favorite spice to cook with Ooh, um ooh, probably favorite spice to cook with favorite spice favorite spice like not a spice blend just one spice it can be a spice blend sure why not i'm not picky mm, you know what i think i think as lame and boring as this is i think it's chili <laughs> No, not boring at all. The most common one on here is smoked paprika. So I'd say it's right in line with that. Yep. So, well, well, you're, you're right in line. It's all good. Uh, last recipe you tested. Oh, uh, Japanese souffle pancakes. Ooh, how'd they turn out? Did they do well? You they were, they were, they um, probably two more rounds. They were really good, but it, the I recipe made can't. three. So. <laughs> 
I hear you. I can't wait for you to do this because um, uh, my husband was in Tokyo a couple years ago and I had been there like many years prior and I didn't have the souffle pancakes, but um, he had some and he kept texting me and I was like, I'm going to learn how to make these. By the time he gets home, I'm going to have them. And I could not figure it out. So it's I can't really hard. Yeah, I'm going to keep my... I thought... Listen, though, I'm sure you feel this way. Sometimes you're like, oh, I got this. This is going to be fine. I No, just give it to me. It's fine. I got it. I got oh, my it. God. I, I made know. like... I, I made over glorified sweet milk the first time. <laughs> I was like, what is this? This isn't even batter. What happened? Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Well, I'll, I'll be looking for your recipe because I've been hoping to recreate those for my husband. So I'm excited. Uh, next question. Brad Pitt or Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper. Mm-hmm. Favorite kitchen tool? My stand mixer. Yes. Hot sauce or barbecue sauce? Hot sauce. All day. What it? What is on your hot stand? Uh, your hot stand. <laughs> what is on your nightstand right now? Um, a Buddha, a glass of water, and an Eiffel Tower. Ah, and I know you love an air fryer. Favorite item to air fry? Ooh, cauliflower. Breakfast for dinner or dinner for breakfast? Breakfast for dinner. And final question: What's an item on your bucket list? Oh, there God, there's so many, and I have to pick one. Um, I would love to, um, what would I love? Um, let's pick one of these many. I want to cook in an Italian kitchen next, oh, next to an Italian chef. That's great. I listen. So season three of my show, the vegan roadie, we went all around Italy and I actually got to do that. And it is oh, really cool. It's, it's just so, it's so simplistic, which is the cool thing. It's like so different like, than it's so different here in North America where we're screaming mm-hmm. at each other. <laughs> yes. Yes. And the, most of the kitchens I went into, they weren't like packed full of people. It was like a few people like just getting it done, you know, and like very simplistic with ingredients. So I know that that will come true on your bucket it's, list. So yeah, it's the you. passion. I, um, a couple of years ago, I traveled Italy for six weeks and I just, nice. it, it was just, I, I, I have never seen passion like I have seen for food in that country. And, so. and it's it's so funny. People were like, you're going to do a vegan series in Italy. Like nothing's vegan. I was like, uh, y'all, everything's vegan. Yeah. Like, I mean, just so much of the food is just vegan. Exactly. Just and they're, they embrace veganism. I found that yeah. everyone was so friendly and kind when I said that I was vegan and got very mm-hmm. excited and and so, yeah, a lot of accidentally vegan options as well. And yeah, just, it didn't come with a, a to go with what you're saying. It didn't come with that sort of like vegan. Oh, like that wasn't a thing there. They were like, oh, vegan, sure, yeah, yeah. It was like just like it was fine. It was no. Big they deal. didn't shame you. Know? you. <laughs> no, uh, exactly. That's exactly. They kind what of I was looking every for. time I brought it up, and you know, not not a normal restaurant, but a not vegan restaurant. Sure. sure. Um, every chef took it as like a challenge. They just wanted to I make me that. happy. Whereas I find if I do that kind of here in North America, a lot of the time I met with like an annoyance and I'm annoying yeah, yeah, to yeah, them. Yeah. So I really love that. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, you love that the nice people in Italy, that is, you're saying. Yes. 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 <laughs> I, love- I thought that was uh, sarcastic. Like, so I really love that when they say that. And <laughs> which is like, I was like, well, I, I love paying too, for sister. food that you probably fit in. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, uh, do you speak Italian? No, I, ca- I kind of picked up a little bit while I was there just okay. to get by, but it's been two, almost three years now. So it's, right. he's gone. <laughs> 
That's all Do right. you? When you get back, you'll get little. Nope, I don't. I wish we had somebody with us who helped us out the oh, whole time. Nice. I, I picked up little things here and there. You know, it was because I was on camera, so I had to have somebody like helping me. I yeah. couldn't really like. Yeah, luckily the whole time. I was know? with my girlfriend who uh, studied in Florence. Well, she wasn't fluent. She knew a lot and could understand yeah. a lot better than I could until I got used to you know the accents and different things. So. It's great. Oh, I love it. Well, you'll be cooking in Italy before you know it. Well, hopefully, you know, once things get to where they're going again, and hopefully I can uh, travel to, uh, you're in Toronto. Is that right? I am. Yeah. Hopefully I get to meet you in person there one day. You can show me some of your favorite hometown eats. Uh, until then, everyone get a copy of the Edgy Veg 138 Carnivore Approved Vegan Recipes Everywhere Books Are Sold. Uh, from humor to wit and downright delicious recipes that everyone will love. You won't regret purchasing this book. Candace, tell everyone where they can find you on socials, website, and beyond. Yeah. I mean, pretty much everything is Edgy Veg. So <laughs> in Instagram, Twitter, um, Facebook is Edgy Veg. YouTube channel is youtube.com slash Edgy Veg. And on TikTok, which I started this year, I am the, I am the Edgy Veg. And it, it's a I fun space. It. It's a very kind, welcoming, fun space there. Are, have, you, have, been, have you been on Clubhouse? I have not. I haven't either. Do you keep getting invited to it? Though? I do, but I'm a vis- <laughs> I'm a visual person, you know? I keep getting I don't so does that mean is it not video? Is it all audio? It's, what is it's it? It's all audio. And I just I just haven't uh, I feel like it's a it's a space for people to bitch. <laughs> I feel like it might be too. I mean, I don't listen, no shade to anyone who's invited me, but every time I get an invite, I'm like, I don't I don't have it in me. I don't know like for another thing. I'm I'm just like, I don't know everybody. I don't know. But, you know, maybe I'll I'll have to It's not fair of me to say that without checking it out. That's so true. I'll check That's it true. Out then, so, you know. Uh well, and congrats on the TikTok then. That's another <laughs> one I'm a little scared of. Why uh the edgy veg on there? Did someone take edgy veg already? Yes, they took it from me. Oh, I've had it enough. Yes. Enough. Uh, well, all right. We can find you all the places we need to simply by looking up Edgy Veg and Candace Hutchings, of course. So what do you say? You think you have another book in you? You might write another? Um, Definitely. It's just awesome. a matter of when. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Well, maybe your timeline will be a little more, um, I don't know, just a little more expansive. Yes, this time definitely soon, writing that into the pressure contract. Cooker. I love it. Well, thank you for the content you are providing to make the world a better place one bite at a time. I'm grateful for it. And I know our listeners are as well. Thanks again for chatting today. Take care, Candace. Thank you. You as well. Thank you for having me. Uh, She's just cool. Like, I mean, here's the thing. I love her so much. And like, we talk about hanging out if I get to Canada, but like, I don't know if I can. She makes me nervous. She's so cool. Do you know what I mean? Just so cool. She's a cool gal. And she's got great hair. She really has great hair. I mean, I'm just looking at the picture on the. Well, I know that's why book, we, to- we like, talked about it in the interview. I, I, you know, I got Gaga for that hair on the cover of that. If book. anybody remembered the Jermac bounce back beautiful hair commercials, like oh, she could very be. much. Now she's sporting some red hair in the photo that's Ooh, up on the post all today. Right. I, I tell you, a, ma- a woman of many colors, many many shades, colors, many shades, lots but all of talent. Compassion. She's got it all going on. It's all compassionate. She's all compassionate. Well, speaking of compassionate. What's compassionate on Dustin's dish this oh, week? What do you got? Honey, have I got a compassionate dish for you? Tell me. Let's dish. Give it to Shall me. Shall we? Let's do it. Okay. Vegan parm. Everybody, you can make Ooh, any nut yes. or seed into a quick Parmesan cheese by pulsing the nut or seed in a food processor or blender and then adding a 
bit of nutritional yeast and just a dash of salt to taste. I personally like hemp seed parm. You can actually find an exact recipe in my book, Epic Vegan, for that. And in my first book, Simply Vegan, there is a walnut parm. And in my third book, coming out June 1st, oh, we forgot to tell everybody, by the way. Oh my God. The release of my new cookbook, Epic Vegan Quick and Easy, has been pushed back to June 1st. Thank you, COVID delays. So that gives you another month to pre-order and then send your proof of purchase to uh, go to veganroadie.com to submit your proof of purchase for a free ebook of Epic Extra Ooh. recipes, y'all. So go get that proof of purchase in now. And um, yeah, so excited for the book to come out, but I just wanted to let you know that it has been postponed. If you already pre-ordered it, thank you so, so, so much for your support. And like I said, the third book, or I was about to tell you, this third book has an almond crumble in it, um, and it strays away from the parm a little bit. It is like a little cheese crumble. It's, it's just blanched almonds with a squeeze of lemon juice and a pinch of salt. So my point here is that vegan parm is easy. To give you some measurements, Carol... Half cup nut or seed with a pinch of salt and two tablespoons of nutritional yeast. There you go. Pulse it all together. Add some more Nutri-Salt to taste. Keep on hand and pour this stuff on everything. And if you're too lazy to make it, you can go to Kelly's Croutons. She makes a variety of awesome, awesome parms. My favorite is actually just the gourmet cheesy parm, but she's mm-hmm. got a, a whole variety. I also like the lemon cheesy parm, Lemon's too. delicious. Um, and she's got a couple spices. Anyway, she's got a lot of Parmesan cheeses at kellyscroutons.com. So since I'm mentioning her, if you go to kellyscroutons.com and purchase two or more items, you can get... 15% off with the code Dustin. That's my name, D-U-S-T-I-N, if you buy two items or more, okay? So buy two items or more on the website, and then you get 15% off your purchase uh, at checkout. So, okay, that's my dish. That is a great dish. Thanks, Bab. That is a full meal. It is? That's well, not even I mean, a snack. Well, it's, it's kind of a snack. A snack. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. delicious. You can put it on everything. And we do. We keep it in the house. Yep. Uh, and uh, the last bit of business, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. Please. Please. For just a little podcast that could. <laughs> and come back next week for a brand new episode. Until then, keep on cooking. And remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production. Oh, <laughs>